0: What's going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning into the video. Before we get started, I want you guys to make sure to go check out NFL Talk All 32's Facebook page. You'll get a lot of good conversation there. It'll be a good time. you always learn a lot more about football there, too. So I want you guys to make sure you go check that out before we get into this video. And, yeah, with that said, let's get into the playoff predictions and brackets and um, game analysis and everything. So I hope you guys enjoy the video. Thank you for tuning in. And
1: we've got the AFC playoff picture hopefully you know some people uh, you know thought that this would be a more entertaining of the two given that a 10 and 6 team didn't make the playoffs in the AFC but an 8 and 8 team did and a 7 and 9 team did in the NFC Uh, we're moving on to an interesting game a rematch of last year the Baltimore Ravens coming in at the uh, fifth seed against the Tennessee Titans at the fourth seed so uh, interesting thing coming in here Sanjay why don't you kick us off with these two powerhouses of a team
2: You talk about a revenge match from last year, Nate. This was such a huge upset last year, the Titans and the Ravens. And now you see the script getting flipped. This time it is the Ravens going as the wild card to the Titans. Honestly, this game is going to be established on the ground one way or another. It's going to be their Tennessee getting Derrick Henry absolutely rolling. You saw I just put up 200 yards in his last game. It's going to be them getting him rolling and using play action to get Tannehill some passes down the field. Some quick plays. They got playmakers on Tennessee, man. A.J. Brown is a monster. He's just – he's been playing on another level this year. He's been breaking out. I know, Hunter, I know you really believe in him. I've gotten to see Wait, a lot more sorry. of his talent.
0: It was that? A.J. Brown. Oh, I, sorry, I, I was, like, on my phone for a second.
2: <laughs> You're good. But I know you really believe in him. I've gotten to see a lot more of his talent this year. Tennessee has playmakers, but it all starts with the run for them. And then on the other side of the ball, you look at Baltimore. That team has – I didn't know this. In the past five games, I heard this on some podcast this morning. On the past five games, they have rushed for more yards than any team in the history of the NFL has in five games. They are hot on the ground right now. You see them moving the rock with their feet. You see their running backs, Lamar, all of that. Their running game has been taking off these past few weeks. They're hot going into this game. I am really curious to see if they can establish the run against this team. But what I think Tennessee is really going to force them to do is Vrabel does this. He does this Belichick style defense where he will take away what you do the best. And I'm curious to see if he's going to hone in completely on the run game, stack the box and just dare Lamar to throw. And can Lamar execute? Cause guys, it's the contract year. This boy's deal is coming up. Can he do it? Can he pull off his first playoff win? And I'm going to be real. I'm going to think he does. I'm going to believe in former MVP Lamar Jackson. I'm going to think that he gets the job done, not just with his legs, but throwing the ball through the air this upcoming week. And I'm going to say that the Ravens come out on top this game.
1: Wow. Sanjay, going with the, the, the matchup predictor, you know, the spread – taking the Ravens with the revenge match. Mm. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll pop in here. I am an AFC North fan of the Bengals. So that means I do not a fan of the Ravens. Um, however, um, you know, you look at these two teams, the Ravens, they're, they're on a five game winning streak. They're hot. Four out of those five games they've won by 14 plus points. That stat looks impressive on its own. Then you look at the teams that they've played, the Bengals. Need I say more? Mm-hmm. The The Giants. You know, near the end of the year, they really slipped up. I overhyped them. The Jaguars, really. Uh, The Dallas Cowboys without Dak, and the Browns, who they've always had the Browns number for some reason. So while that is impressive five game winning streak, 14 plus points in four of those five games, they're not playing the best, you know, the best teams. Certainly not the teams with good run defenses. However, their run offense is certainly phenomenal. I'm not going to discredit them. I'm just going to um, simmer down these crazy, you know, records or these, th- these stat lines that they have. Um, I'm going to say this a thousand times, and I'm going to keep saying that Lamar Jackson isn't a quarterback. Um, and, and I believe that the, the Titans will play to that. Um, the Titans have an awful defense, especially in the run game. So I don't expect um, Lamar to throw the ball much. Uh, maybe, you know, the Titans try and stack, like like Sanjay said, stack that run game. Um, but I don't think that's going to be the key to victory for the Titans. I think the Titans' victory, um, key to victory, is their offense. They have a really good low-key pass game. A lot of people underrate Ryan Tannehill. Um, in his last 19 games, he has a higher passer rating than than uh, Patrick Mahomes. More passing yards, more touchdowns, and uh, I think uh, a little more interceptions. This guy is good. And um, if you look at a game, I want to go to a game that the Titans played the Browns. Now, this was a very interesting game because it was a game where Derrick Henry got stopped. Now, stopped is a loose term because he still ran for 100-plus yards, but he didn't do what he normally does. And um, Ryan Tannehill – tried to step up the pass game tried to step up, they still lost. So I think the keys to victory for the Titans is to they can't just lop side one one part of the offense. They can't fully activate the run game and have no pass, but they can't fully activate the pass and have no run. They need to have a nice balance of the two. And they have great they have great weapons in the passing game. Corey Davis, Hunter's AJ Brown Um, you know, they have a solid way to attack this Baltimore Ravens defense, which has gotten better, but I think it's not going to be able to stop Derrick Henry at the line as well as AJ Brown and Corey Davis in the air. Um, so I, I think this will be a very similar game to the, um, to the Browns and the Ravens. However, I do think the Titans are a little bit better than the Browns, even though they lost. I just think they have a better pass game than the, the, um, than the Browns. So I think this is going to be a high scoring game. Um, I'm going to pick this game going to be 38-35. Uh, the Titans are going to take this one. Um, I think the Titans will get a commanding lead, um, and we'll, they'll just run the clock on them, um, forcing Lamar to throw more more than he needs to because the guy doesn't throw a lot. He doesn't throw accurately when he does. Um, luckily, he has like a 6'6 tight end Mark Andrews to catch the ball every time he throws it. Um, and so I think that if if the Titans can force the Ravens to, to throw the ball, get that clock clock running. Uh, I think the Titans will win
0: this one. Um, Hunter, how about you? Yeah, it's going to be an interesting game. Um, I do think Lamar, since he is a first run pick, does have that fifth year option. So um, he could be on contract in 2022, but point being, you know, he's coming up on the end of his rookie contract. So it's a big game for him since he hasn't won a playoff game, as you guys both mentioned. Um, I mean, it's a rematch. I mean, two teams that are very familiar with each other from the past few years, as you guys said, very heavy run attacks. They're both top three and uh and run run play percentage in the league so um you know you're gonna have two two run offenses that are gonna do it very differently a lot of titans a lot of outside zone and like duo runs and stuff like that ravens you're gonna get a lot of pistol a lot of that read options that you have a running quarterback and like that counter bash they do where they run lamar up the middle um which works to perfection almost every time so um to me a lot of it comes down to whether the titans defense can come off the field they're 32nd and uh in third down um, percentage on defense which obviously there's 32 teams in the league they're dead last um, last year they last year they were eighth in third down percentage they were a pretty good defensive group obviously with you know this has been a much more offensive NFL season overall it's going to affect their defensive numbers a little bit right but um, still 32nd on, on third down percentage has just not come by chance um, and the Ravens on offense are fourth with 48.8% conversion on third down so you know the Titans offense um, they've also got to convert their fifth on, on third down. So if they can convert their third downs and just keep the Ravens um, offense off the field, that'd be good. But the Ravens, speaking more of third downs, I'm going a little bit of tangent here. The Ravens defense is second in the league on third downs. So, you know, it's really going to come down. That's going to be a big thing for me. The Ravens also need to just c- continuing continue to have success in the red zone um, and, and finish those drives. They can't really settle for field goals in a game like this, in my opinion. And, yeah, like the Ravens are going to have more film this year on what they did wrong in both of those games, that they, the last two games they lost. So maybe the third time is going to be the charm. But um, speaking of vengeance and, and red zone targets and all that, Mark Andrews. I mean, the Titans do struggle with some bigger tight ends occasionally. They did it with, uh, with Noah Fant. They did it with Mark Andrews earlier this year. They couldn't really contain him. He put up 96 yards and a touchdown in the overtime loss. So, um, and one of the turning points, if you guys remember from last year's game, was when Mark Andrews, you know, he was not 100% in that game. He was hobbled, he couldn't jump up to get that one ball, it tipped off his hands, and Kevin Byard got an interception, and that ended up being, you know, massive impact on that game. So um, Mark Andrews, he still th- he's, he brought that up recently, actually, I actually think this past week. So he's still thinking about that, and you can bet he's going to come out there and, and really try to make up for that this year in this game. So um, last thing I want to mention, Obviously, with how good King Henry is, you know, that's going to be a big part of it. But also the play action off of that that the Titans do. Third in the league in play action passes with 174. And the Ravens are such an aggressive defense. They like to put a lot of guys at the line of scrimmage. But the Titans also run a lot of two and three tight end sets. So 12, 13 personnel um so you know if you're the Ravens while that is your identity you can't really pin your ears back uh, all game and just expect to win with your rush the Titans are going to capitalize on that and try to take shots at just even two three-man routes with AJ Brown they'll you know release Johnny Smith out of you know they'll have him blocking at first and then release into a route Corey Davis stuff like that the Ravens got to stay disciplined which is tough when you're trying to bring so many guys into the box to stop King Henry um and to me that's going to be a, a tough thing to stop this game. I do have the Ravens winning this one, 28-27, to 27, a tight win. And also, one thing I want to mention, just watch for the kick and punt returns. The Ravens have Devin DuVernay and, and James Prochet. Prochet is the um, – I think that's how you say his name. He's the punt returner. But I remember him. He was from SMB this past year. Both really good return men. Watch for them to maybe take advantage of the field position.
1: Yeah, I, well said. I mean, uh, going to be a very interesting game. You know, battle of the coaches. Um, the Ravens certainly got outcoached last year. But let's see if John Harbaugh even wants revenge too. Ian, why don't you close us out as a AFC North fan of the Browns. What are your thoughts on the Ravens? And you also played the Titans as well.
3: Let me just clarify. Eagles are always my number one. I root for the Browns and the Eagles are mathematically eliminated. So let me just get that out of there real quick. But um, listen, I lo- I really do love Lamar. I really do love the Ravens. That's why – I Again, that's what – don't call me a trader because I'm not – I mean, I'm, again, I, I really root for the Browns solely because of Baker. But, um, yeah, pretty much I love I love Big Truss. Um, I love uh, the Ravens team. Hunter, I – to your point, I mean, I was really thinking the Titans, but you really kind of flipped the script on me. And honestly, I'm having a really tough time picking who I would win. To be quite honest, I think I actually will – pick Baltimore because I feel like kind of like what the combination of what you and Nate were saying, the Titans I feel like are really at their most effective is when you balance the run in the pass game. Like if you rely on Derrick Henry too much and he doesn't get it done. I mean, it's rare that Derrick Henry doesn't get it done, but like, I mean the Browns plugged them up and I'm going to be honest. I was kind of shocked that the Browns did what they did against Derrick Henry. And um, needless to say, I, I, I think if you can somehow manage to game plan around stopping Derrick Henry and forcing them to pass, I think you got a pretty great shot. Um, Because, I mean, we know Baltimore's secondary is pretty good. And, um, you know, again, I like A.J. Brown a lot, and I like Corey Davis a lot. But ultimately, I think, you know, Baltimore could – really step up here and I think Lamar kind of is playing with a chip on his shoulder because everyone's saying he can't win a playoff game and quite frankly I think he's going and trying to ball out and I do remember Mark Andrews I remember that exact play and I do remember um, kind of leading into this week talking about like how that I think he's really going to ball out and I think he's going to be probably the biggest key to the Ravens success um, so I think I will take the Ravens in a very tight game. I would say within a field goal, maybe like 28-31. Very, 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 very tight game. But that's just my, my two cents.
1: I think we can all agree. It, it'll probably be, you know, a closer game than people are thinking. Um,
3: oh, yeah. probably going to
1: be a high, sure. higher scoring game, or at least more entertaining than some of the other games that will be going on. Um, I believe this is a – the Saturday – one of the Saturday games. Um, if I'm correct, it says it right there. No, that's a Sunday game is it
0: yeah sunday yeah, i just sunday. checked the
1: okay. calendar gotcha yep sunday okay so a sunday game it'll be interesting um you know we almost split 50 50 there we kind of did ian's in the middle kind of there but he also picked the ravens but uh let's move on to another very interesting um afc game here it's going to be the second seed buffalo bills against the um, seventh seed indianapolis colts um very interesting game hunter i want to hear your thoughts on this one first Uh, i'm really curious to hear what you have to say about this one
0: well i'm glad you did just to preface i'm gonna go for a little bit here this is the matchup that i i know i went for a little bit on last one i apologize know i'm talking a lot today but um i have i this is the game i am most excited for this weekend because i unlike the spread i know it's 6.5 but I think the Colts have a better shot than people are giving them. Um, that, I, I'm going to spoil again. I'm going to pick the Bills in it, thirty-one twenty-eight, because I think they just have a great team. And I think even if they get behind, I think the Bills are a team that can very well play from behind. But, look, I mean, to me, this game comes down to Ian, your boy, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, I think it's, yeah. I I it's going to come down him. to him. Um, the Colts are a more balanced team, you know, 55-45 um, more so pass. But, you know, again, that's balanced for today's league. Um, Jonathan Taylor, just how good has he been? of his snaps, that's almost a third of his snaps, come with eight or more defenders in the box, which is one of the higher percentages in the league. Actually, higher than Derrick Henry. And I'm not comparing him to Derrick Henry, but just point being, teams are putting guys in the box for him a lot of the time, and they're still not being able to bring him down. He has 482 yards after contact, which is 10th in the league. He's averaging almost a broken tackle per game. He's third and first downs. Rush yards over expected rush yards is seventh in the league. One fumble all year, which was the big issue with him in college, was that he had fifteen fumbles over his college career, I believe. And the Bills run defense. Now I want to talk their first their pass defense is allowing under ninety yards in the first half of their their last 10 games. So in the first half, a lot of the point being a lot of the pass yards that they're giving up are coming in garbage time. So you don't really want to test that pass defense too much. And people will argue, you know, well, Mont Milano was out. Tremaine Edmonds is out for a little bit. Even with them, they're still 27th in yards per carry allowed, right? And not having Starla Tule in the middle there has kind of not really helped this year since he opted out of the season. Look, Rivers, this is per WIVB.com, who's a local media for the Bills, I believe. Rivers has thrown the ball 31 times a game, and their are 11 wins. In their five losses, he's thrown the ball 40 times a game. So it comes down to can they establish the run with Jonathan Taylor and attack this Bills run defense and control the clock? This is what playoff football is all about to me. Um, Are they going to stick with their identity? Don't force anything downfield. Typical West Coast offense, just horizontal routes, everything underneath. Keep Rivers comfortable. Use guys like Naheem Hines even, and our guy to Michael Harris, who me and Nate interviewed um, last year. Um, But, you know, Colts offense is only – 39.6% 39.6% on third downs. And the, the Bills defense um, does does do a pretty good job on third down, 39.8% um, on their third down. So, you know, obviously you can tell I'm a big third down guy from this podcast. But, it's a, I mean, it's a big part of the game. It's part of sustaining drives to me. So, um, and also I'm a big time of possession guy. You have to convert third downs to sustain um, drives and rack up time of possession. So, the um, Bills, the only thing I think is that the Bills will be in this game no matter what because they're so pass heavy. They go for wide receivers a lot of the time they'll be able to adapt to whatever the situation is and stay in it. Kind of like what, not like the chiefs, but like similar to what you saw with the chiefs, they went down so many times, but they're such a quick strike offense with, you know, just spread them out and, and use their speed. They do well. Bills have guys like Gabriel Davis and obviously Stefan Diggs, big part of that. They, their offense can really convert them to downs and Stefan Diggs, an average of three yards of separation this year going up against former teammate Xavier Rhodes, a decent amount of time this weekend. That should be exciting to watch, but Stefan Diggs, I think is going to torch him. Um, so big factors, Colts committing to Jonathan Taylor, play action, set up those short routes, set up some shots deep later in the game. Um, Bills are the sixth highest penalized team in the league. You can't give the Colts extra yards in this one and first downs. You have to stay disciplined in playoff football. And the Bills have the second best turnover – sorry, the Colts have the Bills uh, – sorry, the Colts have the second highest turnover differential in the league. So if Allen makes just one mistake, this game could change on a dime um also you got Rocky sin and concussion protocol for the colts unfortunately and tj carey and haven't been sharing snaps tj carey's having a better year than him but you still want both corners active um the forest buckner's supposed to play they're just being cautious with him um the and the bills have a good o-line so he has to have a big impact and do not be surprised i'm, I'm calling it now darius leonard is going to have a game-changing force fumble in this game i'm just going to say that now so um i'm still taking the bills but i think the colts are being underestimated a little bit i know i went a little long on that one but i um this is the game i am most excited for this weekend
1: it should be um interesting a lot closer like you said than others uh sanjay what are your thoughts on this on this very confusing uh game going on
2: like you hunter i think a lot of people are counting out the colts that being said let me preface everything i'm going to say by saying that i am taking the bills Just because, to me, Josh Allen has had a revolutionary year this year, taking a huge step up from his previous two seasons. It was honestly incredible to see. I mean, he really took his game to a whole other level. And I know part of that is due to Stephon Diggs. And that's why I think the Colts have more of a chance than people are giving them. But Stephon Diggs is a bit nicked up, people. Let's not get it twisted. And that Colts defense is for real. Like you mentioned, Hunter, their corners could use a little bit more work. But... Outside that, that defense as a whole is strong. They hold, they, you mentioned this earlier. They bend, they don't break. They'll hold you to field goals. They'll take the ball away. That defense is opportunistic. The problem I have with the Colts really is Phillip Rivers. I think at a certain point, Buffalo, I got to believe Sean McDermott is too good of a coach to not recognize that Phillip Rivers throwing is a weakness. And I got to believe he will commit to the run and he will force Phillip Rivers to throw. And at this point in his career, I cannot believe that Phillip Rivers will get the job done versus that defense. I just don't. I think he's going to make a mistake. And to me, I think the Bills walk away with this one in a – I don't want to say a close game, but I don't think it's going to be as much of a blowout. Some people are expecting the Bills to just come in here and, like, walk all over the Colts. I don't think that's going to happen. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Bills win by more than a touchdown. I'm going to leave it like that.
1: Thank you. Sweet and simple. Ian, are you hopping on the the Bills – not bandwagon, but are you hopping on their uh, their train, or are you you're picking – I know you like the Colts. What are you thinking?
3: This one – see, these past two games, Tennessee and Baltimore and Buffalo Indy, I like this matchup for the Colts, but I feel like I just got to pick Baltimore. I mean, not Baltimore. <laughs> Buffalo. <laughs> oh, my gosh. what a What a brain mess. Anyway. Um, I just got to pick Buffalo. I mean, Josh Allen just seems so unstoppable and paired with like, I'll even take him with an injured Stefan Diggs. Um, but I mean, Hunter kind of said it perfectly. I mean, Hunter, (laughs) uh, in a good way took the words out of my mouth on Jonathan Taylor. I mean, this dude, I mean, coming out of college, like I literally not trying to say, I I'm like, I'm not trying to be like Skip Bayless here, but I kind of first guessed it. I was like, this dude is literally like a smaller Saquon Barkley where he's just, he's got everything. He's got power. He's got speed. He can shift a little bit and the man can break tackles. He is not afraid of contact whatsoever. And I think that really helps, especially because Tremaine Edmonds who was the, I think he was the linebacker for the bills, right? Linebacker. He was out for the season. If I'm not mistaken, right? Tremaine Edmonds was out for the season. I know it was one of their better linebackers. I believe it was Tremaine Edmonds because Tredavious. Yeah, that. yeah I, I'm gonna check that too real quick.
0: I believe he's. I believe he's still playing.
3: Oh, is he? Then who am I thinking of? It was one of their linebackers that opted I'll, out. I'll one check of, it for you while you keep yelling. One of their better linebackers opted out. That's all I know. But um. Point being is – and Hunter, like you said, teams stacked the box on Taylor, and he's still super effective. And I think, you know, again, Rivers, granted, like Sanjay said, his passing is a weakness, but I think that Reich is smart enough to know that, you know, Buffalo's defense is going to dial up the pressure on him, so it's going to be quick routes. It's going to be quick, you know, just quick short throws – and you're going to get Taylor, I think you're going to get Naeem Hines involved a lot, not in the running game, but more in the passing game. Um, I think you might even see him, you know, I, I just, I, I struggle with this because I I think, like, even if Buffalo dials up the defense on Taylor, it, it still, like, I still see, I could still see Taylor just breaking off this game. And that Colts defense is nothing to slouch at. I mean, Darius Leonard, is such a monster and he could, he hits hard. He could get a force fumble on you and like the Colt, ah, it's just so tough, but like, it's just, I don't know what it is. I know I keep advocating for the Colts, but it's just this gut feeling I have that if I pick the Colts, it won't come to be. And I just have, like, I just have to pick the bills. I hope I would love to see the Colts. win. I really do. Shout out to my uncle Brad who lives in Indy. Um, yeah, I really do love the Colts. They are probably my tried and true, like, second favorite team. But, man, it's going to be a great game. And, uh, again, I've been advocating for the Colts a lot, but I'm going to pick Buffalo and, then, like, incredibly close. I'm going to say it's a lower scoring game because both defenses are very respectable. I'm going to say it's, like, 24-21 or, like, um, you know, like, 28-24, around there some like very close game though lower lower scoring not super low but that's that's my two cents on it
1: actually I think you advocating you know just that the Colts are a good team is is good because a lot of people don't don't um you know expect the Colts to do well I think a problem with these two teams is people hold on to their past few games or their their first few games of the season and not looking at the team now a lot of people doing that with the Colts and saying Their run games, horrible. Jonathan Tanner hasn't been activated. But his last few games, he's had 100-plus receiving yards. Now, I get in Jacksonville, that's not much, but he had 253 rushing yards. Um, The guy's been heating up. He may have started the year a little bit slow, but the guy's gotten used to it. He's gotten his foot in this Colts offense, and they've been rolling. Um, And same thing with the Bills. They've been, uh, you know, people have talked about how bad their defense is. Um, but in the last six games, they've held the, their, their opponents to less than 26 points. And, in, and out of four of those, they, they've put up no more than 20 points. Um, and that's certainly impressive. Um, and after that Cardinals loss that they, they suffered um, a couple weeks ago, they haven't allowed more than 150 yards, holding four of those last few games under 100 yards rushing. So all these critiques of how bad their rush defense is, their defense is atrocious – uh, they've, they've stepped up and, and their defense has been a lot more solid. And, um, and so that's something to look at as well as the Colts, just their offense lighting up these last few weeks, you know, the, the Indianapolis Colts offensive stock went up and the bills defensive stock went up for both. So both of them have been cleaning up their acts. Um, just as far as matchups go, T Y Hilton has been doing better. Um, he didn't do much at the beginning of the year. Um, but I just don't see T Y winning anything against, um, you know, Tradavius White. However, the Colts do have an okay, you know, wide receiver core with uh, uh Zach Pascal, I think is his name. Mm-hmm. Um, and um and your boy Hunter, Michael Pittman Jr. Certainly not anything to uh say no to, but uh I already know it's all no Taylor Swift right so, there. no, that was just
3: <laughs> Apple that was just the Apple strum alarm. I'm so sorry. I don't even know what happened.
1: I think that's an alert to let me know that I'm right. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so I think um, as far as this game goes, as far as matchup, it's going to be the Colts run offense versus the Bills run defense, and the Bills pass defense versus the Colts or the the Bills pass offense versus the Colts pass defense. Both are so called the highlights of the team. The Colts have a great pass defense. The Bills have a great pass offense. So I think this is going to be two, um, you know, two clashes of their of their teams best going at it. Uh, however, if you look at Stefan Diggs, he's a little banged up. I still wouldn't pick one corner on the. I don't think Stefan can get single covered really by many people, especially on the Colts. Xavier Rose, I just don't see single covering, um, which means you know they're going to have to draw attention from the safety for most of the game, double coverage, something like that. Um, and so that's going to open up more for the field. Cole Beasley's out, but a lot of people are underestimating someone who's been out for a while and is finally back, John Brown. Yeah. This guy last year was their wide receiver number one, and he was not. He was not. He was underrated. He was good. Um, I, I had John Brown in fantasy last year. He surprised a lot of people. And this year, um, you know, he, he hasn't had much playing time, but he's back. He's a great wide receiver number two. Great compliment with Stephon Diggs, and great synergy with um, Josh Allen. So I think that this passing offense on the uh, on the Bills is just going to be a little too much for the. Um, for the Colts. And another thing, Josh Allen can move his legs. Certainly, you know, certainly pretty well. However, he fumbles the ball quite a bit. So like Hunter said, I think the Colt, the bills will take this one, but a single turnover from Josh Allen can completely change the game here. And I think that's the, that's going to be the the case here is, is a, a turn away away from the game. So I'm going to call a pretty close game 27, 24 um, you know, a, a, a turnover could flip, flip the score right there um, for the Colts. But, I, I just don't see – I see Josh Allen taking this game a lot more seriously. You look at last year, he embarrassed himself against the Texans. Um, Are you the, implying well, I'm that correctly.
2: 360 lateral wasn't the most high IQ football <laughs> play that you've ever seen in your life? Because it was to me. It,
1: it it was a big brain. It just uh, – it just the rest of the, the NFL wasn't big enough brain to, to comprehend it. Uh, but I think he'll also be playing with a chip on his shoulder, Josh Allen, to prove something. And uh, I, I personally – just don't see anybody beating the Bills right now. And that, that's just my high right now. So I've got the Bills winning this one. Moving on to, uh, I saved the best for last. Uh, the number five, six seed, uh, Cleveland Browns in Pittsburgh. Uh, Sanjay, let's start you off. We'll save Ian for a bit later down the road because uh, I don't know if you know this, but he's a <laughs> Browns fan. Um, Sanjay, what do you think about this division AFC North I'm battle sure of the century?
2: All right. Ian, I'm taking the Browns. Let's go. All right. I'm going to be honest. I put some thought into this. And I do believe the loss of Stefanski on the sideline is going to hurt them. Because to me, I called this at the start of the season. I thought he'd be one of the biggest – how should I say this? change. He'd inspire such a big change for that team as a new head coach. I really believed in him coming into this offseason, and he has clearly come through. You see the offense he schemes up for the Browns, the plays he calls – it's just, it's a, it's a work of art. He really does a good job with that offense. You can see the way he's overhauled it just in the advanced production. You see from Britt, from Baker, from their running backs, from their wideouts, like it's all there. I think the loss of him is going to hurt, but I have faith in these running backs. And I'm not as big of a believer in your guy Baker as you are, but I think he can do a lot off of, we mentioned Tannehill off the play action, Baker off the play action does his thing. And I think Chubb, and Hunt are going to put it on the ground. I think they are going to run hard against the Steelers' run defense, which I know is good, but I think this is going to be one of those times where you just see that the back wants it a little bit more. And I'm going to rely on the fact that Hunt and Chubb are going to establish that run game, and then from there, Baker's going to go off of play action. We've been seeing Jarvis come alive in these last few weeks. Look for him to hopefully have a good game against – a Steelers secondary that does not quite have as much speed as one would hope. And let's not forget people. Jarvis doesn't get a lot of credit as one of the better wideouts in the league. That man is legit. He brings down the ball. He's good in the red zone. And I forget, I believe Austin Hooper is also back now. Austin Hooper, he's been doing his thing for that offense. I am going to go with the Browns here. I get all the cases for the Steelers. I understand their pass offense is legit. But their run, their lack of ability to run the ball just really does concern me. In the playoffs, I think running the ball is such a key part of how you win. And to me, I think the Steelers being unable to do that really takes away a lot from their offensive potential. Their defense maybe could grab some turnovers. Ian, your boy Baker better take care of the ball. If he gives the Steelers a turnover out here, if Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt fumbles once or twice out here, this game could get ugly real fast. Cleveland's got to play careful, old-fashioned smash mouth football to win this thing but i am going to take them to win this over the steelers i think it'll be a close game less than a touchdown but more than a field goal
1: wow all right sandra hopping on the eon uh team right there hunter what who who, which which side are you hopping on
0: i have a tough time picking either team because i think they both have their flaws um and i think. Something that's being underestimated. Yes, Kevin Stefanski won't be out there because of COVID, but safety Ronnie Harrison was just placed on the COVID list. That's a big piece of that defense right there. He's having a really nice year. Um, And also, I believe you have Joel Batonio and Kandero Hodge on the reserve list. And don't get to Joel Batonio is a massive part of that offensive line. Yes, Losing him is not easy. Um, And Hodge, I mean, he's a guy who's come through every once in a while, made some plays. Definitely, you know, not like Higgins has at times, but – and on a not-so-great note, Andrew Sandejo has been activated. i uh, Now, not saying, I'm glad he is healthy, but the fact that he is playing in this game is very bad news for the Browns because, I mean, they kind of need him with Ronnie Harrison out, but, but it is no secret Andrew Sandejo is one of the worst safeties in the game um, to this day. So that honestly, that, that could really flip the script here. I think the, the Steelers, though, are a very one-dimensional team. They're not good at running the ball. Their offensive line pretty much no one is good at run blocking there. They're great at pass protection, but they can't make, they can't give any room for Connor or Schnell. It's been really ugly to watch them, to watch them run block this year. I've been, ugh, it's just, I don't even like watching them. run. I, I just wish they would just pass the ball 60 times a game rather than run. I mean, it's just, it gets to that <laughs> point sometimes. Um, but yeah, it, it's going to be, it's going to be a tough one. I do think with the injury so Ronnie Harris or not injured, Ronnie Harrison being out in the secondary and the Steelers, you know, spreading other teams out at times. I think that's going to be tough to combat. Um, you know, I I think the Steelers' offense matches up well with the Browns' defense, and they get the ball out of Ben Roethlisberger's hands very quick, and then they they hit you deep when you're least expecting it. But I also think you know, obviously, the Browns' complete opposite team. It comes down to who's going to set the tone early in this game because the Browns are a team that is not meant to play from behind with how much they run the ball. If they get behind by a touchdown or two or 10 points they have a tough time coming back and that's what happened early in the season against the Ravens and the Steelers in that one game too you, you can't you can't fall behind if you're the Browns in this one um and for that reason I have a little bit easier time picking the Steelers I'm going to be cheering for the Browns I want to see the Browns win a playoff game I think it would It's really sucks that all this COVID stuff is happening the week of playoffs for them and it's just uh disappointing but um, I'm going to take the Steelers. I think they have a little more firepower um, than, than the Browns can handle. But, uh, yeah, hopefully the Browns take this one home, though. I think the Browns will cover.
1: Gotcha, Hunter. Uh, just to specify, it does say Ben Roethlisberger is out, but that is not true. He will be playing on uh, on Sunday. He is just resting a full week, not participating in practice. So just wanted to clarify that he will be playing, just listed as out because he's not – practicing. Ian, we know you've been waiting for a while. Um, what? Wh- I wonder who you're going to pick.
3: So, I'm taking a st- I'm just kidding. I'm taking <laughs> Cleveland. I'm sorry. Believe when, um, I'm taking the Browns. Um, Listen, I will admit. Ian, I think I you a- mean
2: the Browns. I,
3: I am a massive Baker fan. This is no secret. Um, but I'm going to be honest. At the beginning of the season, you know, when the Steelers were on their win streak um, and they were hot. And if you were like, okay, let's stop it. This is playoff time. I probably would have taken the Steelers. But as the season progressed further and further on, I think Baker has developed so much as a, as a QB. And I really like Alex Van Pelt a lot as a QB coach. He coached Rogers. He was Rogers QB coach's MVP year in 2014. Which I think says a lot. And I've clearly seen him as the offensive coordinator, Elevate Baker. And I think, you know, I think, um, shoot, who was it? I want to say it was Mike Greenberg. Or maybe it was Cowherd. It was, either, it was Cowherd. It was Colin Cowherd who said the first 10 to 15 plays are probably going to be scripted. Probably going to be Kevin Stefanski saying, all right, this is what you're going to call for these first 10 to 15 plays. After those first 10 to 15, see how the game shakes out, and you're going to take it on your own from there. I think that Alex Van Pelt knows the identity of this team. I think he knows that it is a run-first team. However, I do believe that he also knows Baker, and he has elevated Baker to becoming a very respectable QB. And listen, I, you know, I know everyone's going to say, oh, Ian, you're just a Baker fanboy. Let he's he's only thrown eight picks this whole entire season. He's the ninth best QBR in the NFL. And you know, touchdown passes really, I will admit. He's like 12th in them, but usually it's because they're at like the one or the two, and then they'll just hammer the ball in with Chubb or Hug. But my point being is I think that Alex Van Pelt, if he's smart. Baker has gotten a lot better in the play action, which is why I'm so confident. Not, I'm not super confident. I'm confident that this game will be much closer and much better for Baker because I think you're going to see Baker getting rolled out of the pocket a lot because when you have that pressure from Cam Hayward and um, – oh, my gosh, T.J. Watt. How could I forget T.J. Watt? Um, when you have that pressure getting dialed up from Cam Hayward and T.J. Watt, I think he's going to get rolled out of the pocket a lot more. And I think you're going to see a lot of quick strikes. I think you're going to see him just going through quick passes to Landry. I think you're going to see quick passes to Hunt a lot. Watch out for that. I think Hooper, I'm not really sure how he's going to be used in this game because he's such a valuable asset in the blocking and the blocking. I don't know why I just can't talk today, but in terms of, blocking he is so valuable and I think when you're missing Joel Batonio I think that's that extra man out there you know just um, kind of you know creating you a little more time I think that's going to be huge um, you know I overall I really believe in Baker and I really think that Baker can pull out the win here I know I know he quote unquote barely won against them without TJ Watt and without um without Big Ben. But overall Baker played a great second half. If you watch the game, he did exactly what he was supposed to do. He marched the ball down the field and he did what he was supposed to do. He chewed up time. And I I really love you know, again, I know I'm I'm very biased, but I say this with a lot of confidence that I think Baker can pull it out. And I think this is the game where Baker is going to show that he's not just some game manager or some role player and that he is an actual franchise QB. Oh. And I'm sorry, I went very long there. Spoken but. from
1: a true Baker fan. Um, very uh, surprising there. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I guess I'll go now to close it off. Um, as I am in another, I'm a Bengals fan. So I'm not overly fond of either team. I think there's one team I'm a little bit more fond of than others. Um, but. I think it'll be a lot closer um, than people think uh, the the Browns certainly have the power to, to, you know, turn on their, their jets and blast ahead. They did it against the Ravens, you know, against the Titans, they can turn on things. However, I just didn't see that engine at all running last week against the Steelers. Um, that was supposed to be the week they were playing for a playoff spot and it looked like they were playing for, they were on, they were waiting. They were, they didn't really care about the game. They didn't, it didn't, it didn't really, especially on their defense. end, it didn't really look like they were playing for survival. Um, their defense, um, which has been proclaimed as a really good D line, especially only had one sack on the Steelers, um, defense. They're not really putting much pressure on Mason Rudolph or, um, Dobbs forget his first name, Josh Josh Dobbs. Dobbs. Um, and allow, letting the, the the that joint QB core to to put up a 317 passing yards with Big Ben, Deontay Johnson putting up 92 receiving yards, Chase Claypool over 100. It, it really it really is gonna pay homage to how uh, one thing that the Steelers have is they're good at bringing up wide receiver youngins and um, Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, even Juju a little bit are phenomenal. And it's really going to spread out the field quite a bit. It's going to be hard to single out one of their targets, Um, especially with big Ben coming back. um, He can pass to really any of them. As far as what Hunter said with them, not having much of a running game. I, 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 that's, it sucks. The run game is horrible. I'm not going to say it's good but i don't think it matters that much they've learned to win many a time from james conner running 20 yards the whole game and it's 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 weird but it's it's just how it is they've somehow figured it out they should try and develop the run game well in the past but they haven't and they're just their their whole game plan isn't that so much um, so possibly you could see the Browns over commit on the pass and open up some crazy run game. But I, th- I don't think the key to winning for the Steelers is the run game. Their pass game works. It works against the Browns, especially. I don't think it'll carry them too far into the playoffs, but I think it'll carry them enough past this game. As far as Baker, um, he didn't play terribly against the Steelers. Uh, now given he, um, you know, he was playing against some backups here. Uh, one thing to note, Stefan to it is back for the Steelers, and he was impactful last week. Um, one thing that's another scary thing I think is going to be challenging for Baker, uh, there were four sacks. He was sacked four times, pressured quite a bit, um, and hit a few times in that game with the backups without TJ Watt and a few others. Um, And I think that's going to be a big problem for him coming into this game where not only does he have to watch out for that, because he used to being protected for so long, because he has one of the best O-lines in the league, but he's going to have to be able to manage the game pretty much, you know, on his own without Kevin Stefanski. So I think this is going to be a lot of challenges for Baker. And frankly, I think that he will not be able to um, pick, step up this, this um, workload that he has to pick up as far as them having a great rushing offense. I don't think the Steelers really need to worry about shutting that down as much as you think, because um, the Steelers are great at playing from behind. Um, They're, they're, they're phenomenal at it. I think they're one of the best teams at playing from behind and the, the Browns, if they, if they, um, if they're chewing the clock down with their run game and they can't get this pass game going and they get a little bit behind that, that's it, you know, in my opinion. So I think that the Steelers don't have to worry about closing out the run game as much as they do, just pressuring Baker, getting him to make bad plays, bad passes. That's what I think is going to happen. He's going to make bad decisions. He's going to force the ball. He doesn't have to dump it off to Chubb or Hunt. Maybe that'll work out, but I don't think the game will be won by Baker having great plays, throwing a deep to juice Jarvis Landry, excuse me, or, um, uh, the What's his name? Devo- uh, the Donovan the Peoples. Jones. Why could I not think of his name? Or others, you know, Richard Higgins as well. I'm going to pick the Steelers here. Um, I think it could be a close game. Um, but I think somehow the Steelers will show everybody that they won 12 games this year. Probably could have won more. Um, and that they, they, they don't need a run game to win games, surprisingly. It's, it's it, this game. And so I'm going to pick the Steelers here, bringing our tie two to two. Uh, for this game, so that was the AFC um, playoff wildcard weekend look at. Um, we did the NFC a little bit earlier, um, so thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, guys, any closing statements before we wrap up or as we 're wrapping up:
3: Go Browns go Baker as always,
2: God
0: bless you guys, like, comment, subscribe, and we appreciate the support. Yeah, I and forgot thank
1: you so much, guys.
0: My yeah, score up, prediction uh, for this game was 34 31 but thank you guys for watching. Mm -hmm. Thank Thank you, you guys.